talking about a place for everyone. Last week, we talked about fellowship and the importance of fellowship. And really, um, you know, fellowship, we talked about it before, is the gathering of people and, and why it's important for us to connect as believers. So I want to give you, uh, I want to continue to talk about today fellowship in our service to God, to each other, and um, our fellowship with each other. So I'm going to give you this quick definition. Fellowship and service is a partnership and a common enterprise. God's people are called to work together, especially in the task of mission, and to recognize one another's gifts and to give support to one another's ministries. So, so we are called to help each other. And I think one of the key things here is to recognize one another's gifts. Um, you know, if I recognize that you have value and you recognize that I have value, then it's easier for the two of us to get along. You know, and I think so many times, like we talked about last week, is that we have fostered an environment where I, I choose not to recognize what you can bring to me. But it, it may be the very gift that you have deep inside of you that, that I'm going to need. And so I think what I want to get to, I think what God wants us to get to, is understanding that we are all important cogs in this giant machine. And it's going to require us as believers, like the minister said earlier, to believe and then to do. The whole purpose of fellowship is to deploy the gift that's within you so that I can glean off of each other. So this is something we're going to talk about today. Um, So real fast, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, and verse 4. Yeah, 4, we're going to read all the way down to 12. I'm in the amplified version. And it says, now there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, gifts, extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. So the Holy Spirit is still the same, but how he manifests himself in each and every one of us is a little different. So, yes, it is the same spirit, but you utilize your tool different than I do, which means that my tool's not better and yours not worse. It means we're different. But, you know, a hammer is only as effective as the nail that it's driving. Amen? Amen. Okay. So verse 7, well, no, let's do this. Let's go to verse 6. It says, and there are distinctive varieties of operation of working to accomplish things. So we want to accomplish something. But it is the same God who inspires and energizes them all in all. So God energizing you. Like, Lord, I like that. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence or the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and for profit. So this gift that you have is for good and for profit. And oftentimes, it's not for your own profit, but for someone else. So if we don't understand this very basic key or tenet here, that the gift that God has placed in you is for you, but more for someone else, then we shall all be lost. So I want to show you something here. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit evidence for good and for profit. To one is given, and through the Holy Spirit, the power to speak a message of wisdom. That would be you, sir. Yes, sir. Can you stand right there for me? 
See, this is the group participation part. Any place up there. So we're trying to build a, a building. We're trying to build this edifice, and fellowship is me gathering the bricks. So the one brick that I need is this guy right here. Hmm. Through the power to speak a message of wisdom. And to another, the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Holy Spirit. So that would be you. Stand right there. To another, wonder-working faith by the same Holy Spirit. Huh. That's you. To another, the extraordinary powers of healing, and by this one spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. That's you. Yes. And to another, prophetic insight, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose. To another, the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterance of true spirits, false, true, another various kinds of unknown tongues, to another the ability to interpret such tongues, all of these gifts here, achievements, abilities, people, are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each individually as he chooses. Mm -hmm. So you may have more, you may have less, you may have double, you may have triple, but all of you have been here woven together for a specific purpose. Yeah. So when God talks about all of these gifts that should be operating here in the body, he's actually talking about people. Yes. So if we're trying to build this church together, yeah. then I need you. Right. I definitely need you. We certainly need the two of you, and we definitely need you two. Now, because I didn't pull you up here doesn't mean that you don't have a gift. I just ran out of people, and I at some point in time want to talk to you guys. <laughs> but fellowship here ties each and every one of us together to build this building, to build this church, to build this body where God lives. Now, if each and every one of you decided to not operate in your gift, me, as the struggling person, you know what? I may need you to put your hands on me and heal me. But if you are unwilling to do that, thank you, sir. I may need you to speak a word to me. But if you don't speak, then how will I hear? I need you to present this to me with simplicity and understanding yeah. so that I know exactly what God's love means to me. Yeah. But if you don't do that, then how will we know? Right. If you don't work your miracles or interpret your tongues or speak with exhortation, then how are you going to help me? If we as a body of believers who are meant to fellowship together yeah. don't do our jobs. Yeah. See, because you can go sit down, sir. Thank you. Because without the speaker, then now you're all weak. Without the individual that heals, we're weaker. You can have your seat. All right. 
If you're not here to work miracles, then, then what happens? You can take your seat. If you're not here to interpret and speak wisdom, then, then we're all weak. So the point of fellowship here, and the two of you, thank you very much for, for standing up here. You may go ahead and take your seat. Said, if we don't do all of this together, each, every one of us that has that gift deep inside of us, if we don't decide to operate and deploy this gift that God has given to us, then we are weak and we are not powerful and we are not effective. So we touched on this last week about fail not to assemble yourselves together because when you assemble, you can see what happens. Now, when I was little, there was a cartoon that I love called Voltron, right? And it was um, like these mechanical robot cats. And, you know, they they were cool, but they would form together to create a big giant guy, you know, with a shield and armor. Said, you know, Voltron was cool only if all the parts were together. When he was together, he could fight anybody. But if the green cat fell off, then guess what? He's got one leg and he can't stand. (laughs) And that is what's happening here in the body of Christ. When we choose not to fellowship, when we choose not to come together, when we choose not to love one another, you have your body become sclerotic. I used this term before. Since you have part of the body functioning and the other part is not. And this is what we need to overcome. Because like, listen, I need you all to get together to understand that these gifts are inspired and what they are meant to do will come to pass if you allow God to work in your life. Verse 12 says, for just as the body is a unity, yet has many parts, and all the parts through many form only one body, so it is with Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. When we started this six weeks ago, we talked about how there is a place for everyone. There's a place for everyone in this family, in this body, because they all have a purpose. Well, I just showed you what all of your purposes are. Now, I have no idea what your gift may be. Not saying that I need to know, but you should know. And you should allow your gift to flourish Mm -hmm. because it's going to be important for us as believers, as a church, as a body to connect like Voltron, (laughs) for lack of a better term. And every time that we refuse to do that or refuse not to allow our gifts to flourish, we literally are choking the life out of our own self. Fellowship, or lack thereof, robs you of an opportunity for you to strengthen your gift. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) The pastor's note says, get in where you fit in. (laughs) And that's true. You got that right, sir. You know, and I I think for us, We have to get to this point where we find value in each other. See, because fellowship is recognizing that I need all of these parts. Fellowship is we're all on the same playing field, serving the same God, with the same Holy Spirit endued in us. So, but you have a gift that I may not have. And I need that. And for us to be as effective as God wants us to be as a body requires us to connect and unite. 
Because let's just say a place for everyone sounds wonderful, but it will never come to fruition if we're not operating in the gifts that we're operating in. So that's the reason why people leave, because they're searching for something and they're not finding it. I'm almost certain that every ministry gift is alive and well within this body right here. But some of us don't operate in that gift. And that's the reason why people leave, because they need it. They feel it. And you know what? They're waiting. Like, somebody in here has got to help me. Somebody in here has got to help me. You know, we said a couple weeks ago, said, you know, be not afraid we are all here. We are all here to help you. So then maybe we all should start helping each other. Just a thought. Let's go to 1 Peter. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And we'll read to verse 10, this is the Amplified. It says, above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Practice hospitality to one another. Those of the household of faith, be hospitable. Be a lover of strangers with brotherly affection for the unknown guests, the foreigners, the poor, and all others who come your way are of Christ's body. They may not be saved yet, but they are a part of this body. Think about that for a minute. They may not have come to the realization that they need Christ in their life. But the whole purpose is for everyone to be called back to this holy family, right? right? So at some point in time, these people have to be brought back. And it requires you, as the believer, to actually show this unfailing, intensive love to these people. So we have to show it to each other and to the people. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. And in each instance, in every instance, in every instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially and graciously, without complaining, but as representing him. He's teaching you how to live your life. I don't want to love people. You're only making me do this. I don't really want to love. I'm just going to be angry and bitter about it. That's grudgingly. In fact, that's not really loving, that's forced compliance, which ultimately is not going to benefit you at all. In fact, it's going to hurt you. So so listen, he said, if we can get past all of the nonsense here, said, if you can actually just love people the way that I loved you, then your life will go a little bit better. Huh. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual gift of gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extreme diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. So now, when you start to see your life as a trustee or a steward of God's favor, then maybe, just maybe, just maybe, just maybe, we'll start to love each other. Just maybe, just maybe, just maybe, we'll set the occasion for people to come into the house of God and not feel condemned. Just maybe, just maybe, we will fellowship unfettered just maybe the people will come and stay. Yeah. Just maybe. Just maybe. Hmm. 
This is the message version right here. It says, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Contrary to popular belief, it does. Try to create an environment where everyone feels welcomed, where everyone wants to be connected to and feels energized and jazzed and juiced or whatever adjective you want to throw in there requires that we love people like there is no tomorrow. Hmm. I'll let that run around and in your head for, for a little bit. Just think about it. Just think about that. I'm like, okay. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. Getting in where you fit in. If words, let it be God's words. If it's help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the mighty one in everything. Encores until the end of time. If you just love. If you would just love people and stop being so hateful to each other, then the world will actually see God's radiance in you. And when you do that, you don't have to worry about the seats being empty because people will trip over themselves to get what you got. That's right. He said, passing out God's generosity so that all can get on it. Like, I want to, like, see here. We want to be blessed, and it's a very selfish act. It is a, it has become a selfish act because it causes you to focus on yourself only. He needs you to shift your mindset so that your drive to be prosperous for yourself actually turns into your drive to be prosperous for someone else. That's why fellowship is important because I'm now connected so that when you come to me, I can help you. We just talked about building the bricks together, right? So when I come to you, you're not worried about your own self because all your job is to love. And because you're loving, God's grace, his mercy, his unmerited favor is washing over you and over you and over you. So you don't have to worry about your personal situation. All you have to do is share God's grace to somebody else. And this is the reason why people turn their back on the church, because the church is not giving out. They're just taking. The church can't be a parasite. It can't suck you dry of resources. The purpose of the church is to gather resources together to give to other people. But it's hard to gather people together when they don't like each other or they don't love each other or when you speak it's not God's words or when you help it's your own perverted sense of help because it's actually going to help yourself that's called having an agenda yes that's right that's right 
said, he's not looking for all that. He said, I just need people to love. In fact, we'll read this verse in a minute. It says, listen, I need you to love people the way I loved you. I need you to love people the way I loved you and the way that I still love you. He said, remember, I loved you when you hated me. I loved you when you were dirty, disgusting. I loved you when you were a grimy dude. I loved you when you were doing things you wouldn't want to tell your wife about. I loved you when you were running around, shacking up, doing whatever it was. I loved you then. And I didn't kick you out. In fact, I gave you multiple opportunities to get back in right standing. That is how God wants us to love each and every one of us and everyone outside there. And until we do that, until we do that, the fellowship thing will not work. Until we do that, the church will not grow because we're not being real with ourselves. Building a place for everyone requires us to actually stop with all of the nonsense and really get back to basics of saying, yes, Lord, I love you. Tell me what to do. It says, having an, an intense love. I'm like, yeah, Lord, I want to do that. 1 Corinthians 12, when we, we read that, described how those diverse gifts that God has given to us are woven together. Today, recognize that the people are the gifts. And the gifts can't be exercised or utilized without the people. So this is a, uh, it's a circular argument. You can't have the gift without the people. You can't have the people without the gift. So you need them both. Working in unison together. Picture an infinity loop where it just keeps going around and around and around. That's ultimately what we have to establish and create here. So, but it's not going to work unless we do our part. You know, funny thing about 1 Corinthians 12, and it talks about all the wonderful gifts, is that it's followed up by 1 Corinthians 13. That didn't happen by accident. Said, so it's great that you want to do all these wonderful things. And it's great to have pastors, teachers, deacons, and all that. And tongues and interpretation of tongues and miracles and folks raising from the dead. Said, but all of that, understand, will not work if you don't have love. So think about, I've had this happen to me, and it's the most embarrassing thing, but I'll tell you this story anyway. So I've been at the supermarket, right? Cart full of food. Like, oh, yes, I want this. Yes, I want that. You know, and I'm ready. I'm thinking of this wonderful meal that I'm going to prepare with all of these wonderful ingredients that I've gathered, or gifts, if you will. Right. And I go up to the checkout, and I'm ready to get on going, and I present my card, and it's declined. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I have plans for all this great stuff in this card. I'm going to make the meal of my life with this. This... People will just drool over what I'm going to do. Shouldn't you just give this to me because I'm a nice person? Or I look very well and well-dressed. He's like, no, you're trying to pay with the wrong card. Said, so for all of these gifts to work, you have to use love to access these gifts. Love activates your gift. 
So maybe it's not even a matter of you sitting on your hands and not being willing to do what God wants you to do. Maybe you really do want to do these things, but you hate people. Or you are incapable of loving. And that's the reason why the gift that you've been given is stunted in your life. And that's why folks will continue to leave this planet or leave this church or not experience God's true greatness because you don't know how to love. First hmm. Peter 4 and verse 11 says that make sure that God's presence is evident in everything that you do. So that means God's love has to be evident in everything that you do. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe we need to do this. So fellowship is gathering other people. We saw that. It's recognizing the gifts that they bring. We saw that. And it's working together, showing God's greatness. That's something that we may see. But it's being fueled and protected by love. So when we talk about, yes, we're talking about love once again, and it sounds like it's old hat or it sounds very rote and repetitious, or it's like, can we finally move on to this? No, you can't, because there's nothing else to move on to without love. Understand, that's why I've been talking about this for 24 years now. There is no step B until you get step A. In fact, we are at the step before step one. That's where we are. I was at my, my friend's house yesterday, and I was helping him clean up, and um, I, I don't know what I wound up doing, but I, I wound up tripping over, um, over, over a mop, and he goes, you, you got you to crawl before you can walk, son. I'm like, thank you, Captain Obvious. But think about that. You got to crawl before you can walk, and we are still crawling around here trying to get it together, thinking we're running our race, but actually, no, you're stumbling through it. Because everything that God has for us is, really is for us. But you will, hear me clearly, you will never, ever, ever, ever achieve it until you learn how to love. You hear me? You hear me? So we can talk about all the lofty things that we want to do. And we can talk about the beautiful edifices that we want to build and that we want to create. We can talk about all the ministries that we're, going to, that we're going to set up for people and they'll come in in waves and waves and waves. No, they're not. Not until you learn how to love. Not until you get your priorities straight. Not until you understand that your love is for you and for you to give it freely. Hmm. Let's go to 1 John real fast. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and the Amplified. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is springs from God. And he who loves his fellow man is begotten or born of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God. You will get to know all that God is determined by how you love. So if you don't love, then you don't know God. I mean, it says right there. And to know and understand God is to perceive and recognize and get a better and clearer knowledge of him. 
Verse 8, it says it right here. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God. I didn't make that up. It said it right there. You have not become acquainted with God, and you do not and never did know him. For God is love. And this is the love of God was made manifest, displayed where we are concerned, and that God has sent his son, the only begotten or unique son, into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. No man has any seen God, but if we love one another, God abides, lives, and remains in us, and his love, the love which is essentially his, is brought to completion, to its full maturity, and runs its full course, and is perfected in us. Huh. So fellowship is your love maturing. Fellowship is mature love. Showing mature love to each other. Thank you, sir. See, so when we say, no, I don't like coming out to fellowship, or I don't like being gathered with the people, what you're saying is, is that I really don't like God. Because fellowship is an act of love. Fellowship is an act of love. Bringing people into the family is an act of love. I hope, I hope and pray that you are clearly hearing what I am saying to you today. I have to get to this point because I've been teasing Acts chapter 2 for a long time. About six weeks in, in, in media, I'll be done real fast. I'll run through this real fast, I promise. Well, I'll try to. So Acts chapter 2, and this is 10 verses, and I'm going to read this real fast. So verse 37 in the Amplified says, And now when they heard this, they were stung and cut to the heart. Now, I don't know if you've been stung or cut to your heart today, but I sure hope you have been. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, or special, special messengers, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answered them, repent, change your views and purpose to accept the will of God in your inner selves instead of rejecting it. So today, change your view and purpose to accept the will of God in your inner self and stop rejecting it. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of and release of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is to you and for you and your children, and to and for all that are far away, even to as for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to himself. So right there, there is a place for everyone in this body of Christ. So that's the promise. So if you do this, I'm going to make sure that you're good, that your children are good, and your children's children are good, and mom and them and everybody, generationally. If you do this, 
And then from there, you can bring every single other person back to the family. And Peter solemnly and earnestly witnessed, testified, and admonished, exhorted with much more continuous speaking and warned, reproved, advised, encouraged them, saying, be safe from this crooked, perverse, wicked, unjust generation. And therefore, those who accepted and welcomed his message were baptized, and they were added that day 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls. And they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper and prayers. And a sense of awe, reverential fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles, God's special messengers. And all who believed, who adhered to and trusted in and relied on Jesus Christ were united and together, and they had everything in common. They sold their possessions, both their landed property and their movable goods, and distributed the price among all according as they had need. And day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose. And in their homes, they broke bread, including the Lord's Supper. They partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts constantly praising God and being in favor and goodwill with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death. Now that is a ton of information to unpack. But this is it right here. This is it right here. So that all the people were common and united. They were united in one cause, believing God the Father, God the Son, and they received the Holy Spirit. And they fellowship with one another every day, talking about the goodness of God and breaking bread. That's a natural thing. It wasn't talking about just going to the prayer meeting or the prayer and Bible band or the shut-in. They genuinely enjoyed each other's company. They said, hey, man, what you doing? let's go to lunch today, or let's go here, or let's go there. But they created an environment where people said, you know what, love lives here. See, I would have to really love you a lot to sell every single thing that I have and then give it away. So maybe the question we have to ask is, are we willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? If God himself came down here right now and said, listen, I need every single thing that you own, give it to me right now, and I'm going to give it away, probably to the guy across the street that you don't even like, would you do that? Now, these folks here, when this great move of the Holy Spirit came and 3,000 folks joined the church and they continued to add daily, is because they were focused on serving God and meeting the need of the people. So, Lord, I'm willing to do. Lord, I love you enough that I will do whatever it is you're telling me to do. Now, this model here, you know, it's unsustainable. Like, that's not going to happen. He's not asking you to sell all of your material goods. But what he's asking for is your compliance. What he's asking for is your willing heart. What he's asking for is for you to develop a heart of love for someone else. Because he didn't ask you to sacrifice your only son or daughter, right? 
because that's what he did for you. He's not asking you to do that. That'd be a hard conversation to have. Like, Lord, I love you. I love you a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm not carrying my son up the mountain, putting him on an altar and sacrificing him. You know, you're going to have to find something else. He's not asking you to do all that. All he wants you to do is to love people. Stand to your feet. The fellowship in love caused the people to come to the church. And Acts 2, people were endued with the Holy Spirit, but more importantly, they were overwhelmed by the love of God. The love of God pouring out from the apostles, the love of God pouring out from the followers or those early Christians, the love of God abounding between people, stitching them and weaving them together, made it a place for every single person to come in and feel welcomed. It was a place for them to come and know that, hey, I'm going to be fed. It's a place for them to know that, hey, you know what? When I get here, they're going to love me, warts, messy hair, smelly breath and all. This is the place for me. Fellowship-based and mature love attracted people daily. Fellowship-based and built on the people deploying their gifts attracted people daily. Fellowship created a place for everyone. God's love creates a place for everyone. I mean, I guess we probably could have just started out with that six weeks ago and just said, hey, God's love creates a place for everyone, so love God and love other people. I guess we could have done that. But where's the fun in that? You got to see me get up here and tell some cool stories and act a fool a little bit. But ultimately... We have to get off of the starting block because we've been stuck here in this, <laughs> in this position for so long. And the thing, like we read before, that will propel you or accelerate you is God's love. It's God's love. It literally fuels everything. That's it. So, now we know where we got to go. And my earnest expectation is that I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. I don't know what your earnest expectation is, but I know what my earnest expectation is. Because this six weeks caused me to re-examine my entire existence. Now, I may not have done that for you, but it certainly did for me. And I thank God for the experience. Heavenly Father, we stand here today thanking you with thankful, fertile hearts. Thankful for the word that you've planted deep inside of us. Lord, forgive us for every time that we did not love the way you've called us to love. Forgive us for every single time we rejected your will, your way, and our lives. Forgive us, Lord. 
Lord, forgive us for when we did not fellowship the way you called us to fellowship. Forgive us for every single time we failed to assemble ourselves together. Lord, forgive us for every time, any time, that we may not executed your plan exactly the way that you called us to do. Lord, forgive us for the souls that may have been lost because we didn't operate in our gifts. Lord, we're calling those souls back in today. From the north, from the south, from the east, and the west. We call them back to this place, this place where God lives, this place where you reign. We call them all back today. Lord, we thank for how you have pricked our hearts today so that we can live the life that you have called us to live this day and forevermore, surrounded, clothed, and cloaked in your love. Lord, teach us how to love properly so that we do not take account of a suffered wrong. Teach us how to forgive instantly, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for showing us the plan for our lives today. We thank you for this mighty body of believers that you have established here today. We thank you for the ministry gifts that are going to flourish out of this ministry today. We thank for how we are going to set the world on fire for you today. Lord, we thank you for everything that you have done for us, and we're excited for what you're going to continue to do. Lord, we will show forth your brilliance, your greatness, your awesomeness, your love, your radiance in everything that we do from this day forward. We thank you, Lord, and we call it all done. And in Jesus' name and through his blood, we say amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search Our Wolf C in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.